You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all, to the greatest crossover <laughs> event that unfortunately exists in the history of the world. Uh, this is the NFC East Mixtape Volume. I really don't care at this point. Uh, you can listen to us on any of the four NFC East blog podcast networks across SB Nation. Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders content. Big Blue View for New York Giants content. Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles content. And Blogging the Boys for Dallas Cowboys content. You can also watch this on the Blogging the Boys or Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channels. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from BGN. I am RJ Ochoa. And I am not having fun. Uh, Brandon, week one in the rearview mirror. Week two here. And unfortunately, there are 16 more of these things, uh, 17 more of these things before the journey is all over once again. RJ, you are in shambles because the Dallas Cowboys suck, dude. They suck. They're done. They're cooked. They're toast. Can't wait to get into them, but we have to get to them last because we go by order of division standing. And we all know that Dallas is last in the East. The only team to not score a touchdown in NFL week one, a beautiful, beautiful thing. So many listeners, RJ, are looking forward to this week's episode. So, you know, I you just, can't take I it personally. Feel... I, I can't let you off the hook. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> no. Everyone, RJ, I have people in real life who are like, you need to take it to RJ. I see people on Twitter be like, you need to take it to RJ. I mean, the Cowboys kind of, you know, they, they own themselves a lot. They've done a lot of the heavy lifting for me, but I am not going to go easy on you or them just because of that. So, look, a couple things to be very clear. Uh, first of all, I actually received a lot of notes of kindness from Eagles fans on Twitter and Instagram. Um, a lot of people saying, like, can't wait for the mixtape, things like that. That's a really exciting thing. Uh, but a lot of people like, like, it's so bad that people are like, dude, this isn't fun. Like, <laughs> like this, this, I feel badly for you. But I don't think that, and we'll get to the Cowboys last, deservedly so, as you mentioned, but I don't feel like I'm taking anything. Um, I'm not trying to be I was right guy, but I also had a lot of Eagles fans. Shout out to Michael Kist, uh, one of our bosses here at SB Nation, who said, like, I called this. Like, this this was all. You took them not, to like, win the division. You still took them to win I, the division. Okay. You can't, you can't have a, it both there's ways. A, there's a reason for that, and I'm excited. Let's just, okay, so uh, our formula. You can't get into our, the Cowboys. Our, it's too early. Our, I know. Our, our template for the NFC's mixtape, now that we're officially in season, we got a game behind us, a game in front of us. This will be kind of the, the way we rock and rhyme all season long. We'll touch on the games that happen, get to the big storylines, and then kind of give our thoughts on, on the week to come, obviously. Uh, again, unfortunately, we have several months of this mm -hmm. chaos. Um, to look forward to. But the Philadelphia Eagles, BLG, uh, defeated the, I was going to say the Denver Broncos, goodness gracious, that Monday night game, by the way. We record these on Tuesdays for new listeners around here. Uh, so um, if something happens Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, uh, we're recording this just before lunchtime. But Brandon, the Philadelphia Eagles with the big dub over the Detroit Lions on Sunday, 38 to 35, the final score. Do you want my takes first? Do you want your takes first? How do you want to do this? Because I had some that Eagles fans clap back at on Twitter. 
Yeah, I want you to go first because uh, I'm interested in an outsider perspective. Uh, we decided to leave Bear in the office for the recording, by the way. Um, so, uh, hey, the Bears won. Shout out to him. Mm. And I, he's uh, very excited. My big takeaway, we were kind of chatting about this offline with Rob Stats Guerrero, who you can hear with BLG and myself every Friday on the SB Nation NFL show feed where we look forward to every single one of these games. We all picked the Eagles. Um, but but something we were talking about was this. this I don't feel like this was the – the true like live up to the hype game the way I kind of wanted it to be for that I wanted it to be, but like I needed it to be to believe in this team. Um, But, um, and AJ Brown looked great again. Stats was the one who built the case against him in the off season. Not me. Uh, Why did he do that? What a a pathetic job by him. Seriously. um, I do think it was a little bit concerning. If like, if you're looking for a thing to be concerned about, if you're an Eagles fans, you let the lions kind of come in backdoor cover. Um, That's troubling. That's concerning. I understand the, the hatred towards Jonathan Gannon feeling Mm -hmm. like this lions offense, you know, had success or whatever the case may be. Uh, AJ Brown did look great. Uh, Devontae Smith. I, I do kind of, for Eagles fans, worry that like Devontae is just going to be this forgotten man. That AJ is going to get like 12 targets a week and that Devontae Smith is just like a guy and a dude who's there uh, who maybe wants out in the future. The biggest takeaway, though, and this is something that I, I imagine you're dealing with a lot. I think there are a lot of Eagles fans who are just riding, riding the good vibes, riding the good times. Hey, we won. Everything's great. Why do you have a problem with this? Blah, blah. This team can't win the Super Bowl. It can't because of Jalen Hurts and who he is as a passer. That's it. Like and and like maybe they can. Like if we if we ran this simulation a million times, there are obviously a handful where they win it in this way. But this is not the best way to live and to operate in the NFL. I did not see an improved passer. He looks like the same dude. We know he's an amazing runner with the football, but he cannot right. throw it. And he that that's kind of an important thing if you're a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I was lower on this performance than others, which probably isn't a surprise to many because I'm apparently the biggest Jalen Hurts hater. But like, it's not about, I think, I want to be very clear. I'm willing to admit I'm wrong. If Jalen Hurts plays great, I like that, first of all. It's better for me business-wise. It's better for me mental health-wise. My rooting interest-wise, I want the Eagles to be good. But like, I'm not, I'm just going to be honest. And I, I was honestly, like a lot of people like that performance. And I was, it was having a hard time with this one. I'm like, am I being too harsh here? But then, you know, I was listening to our good friend, Ben Solak, who does a podcast now with Shil Kapadia for The Ringer called The Philly Special. And Ben was getting into basically everything I was feeling in terms of this is nice. This Jalen Hurts was a win because of quarterback in this game. Like they, the Eagles won that game. Like that was a win because of kind of performance, which is what I've said is important. The Eagles need to see that from him in order for him to be their franchise quarterback. He can't just be along for the ride. He can't just be a win with quarterback. But the way it was a win because of performance it's like not a sustainable way. You can't just have your quarterback always bail you out on third and long by running with the football. Going into the game, and I forgot to clear this into my winners, losers, and I don't know articles now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, Mike Payton, who I talked to from Pride of Detroit, had a line about like the Lions are awful at defending mobile quarterbacks. So like, this is expected. Like they, they, they don't, they're not good at defending running quarterbacks. And like to give Jalen Hurts credit, he's like an elite running quarterback in the Agreed. NFL. One of the best. It's a legitimate weapon. I think it's a very nice tool to have. And again, he made the most of it. They won the game, but he also like ran what eighteen times. He took a bunch of hits. Some of them were illegal, but they still count all the same in terms of like taking a toll on someone's body. And the thing is, RJ, it's not just about oh, like what if Jalen gets hurts gets injured. I was going to say what if Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Um, it's not just about that because. He's pretty durable. He's tough, but it's it's like 
okay, that's fine. Maybe he won't miss games. But what if it is a repeat of end of last year where he could play, but he clearly got banged up to a point where his mobility wasn't at the same level. And all of a sudden he doesn't have the passing talent to really compensate for that. And then you go up against the Bucks in the playoffs and you get down 31 to zero. Like, so he, he still hasn't answered the question, you know, can he beat good teams? Can he beat good teams, especially with his arm? And I don't know how much we're actually going to see of that this year because the Eagles schedule is so freaking easy. Um, and it's week one. Look, I'm not, there's no panic button here. I just don't think it was like, I don't think it moved the needle is the way I'd put it. And I think that's what you're saying. Like they're not like Super Bowl contenders all of a sudden. Or I mean, favorites. they contenders, but the, not like favorites. The, sta- the state of the NFC lends itself to the Eagles having a lot of success, which is why it was so frustrating watching the Cowboys and all their inactivity over the offseason. Um, they look like one of the best overall machines, but that they have, you know, like, I, they, they're a better team than the Packers. They're a better team than the Bucks. They're a better team than the Rams right now. But I'd rather have all of those quarterbacks. Obviously, Dak Prescott's not healthy. I'd still rather have healthy Dak Prescott, even even as bad as Sunday night was, and we'll get to that. But, I mean, I, I, I just, again, like, front to end, maybe there's a way that he can win, obviously. If, if he can, you know, if he can ride the, the kind of wave of the entire, you know, running game as a whole. But what happens if you, you know, you're down four with like a minute, seven seconds left? Like, there's no way Jalen Hurts can engineer that drive if you have like one timeout. You just can't. You know what I mean? Like, he cannot uh, I don't know about move. that as much. I think he has been really good in two minute situations. Okay. If, but... he, if, and this is stupid because this is like design. This is like, hey, let me design the most like, you know, difficult thing possible for Jalen Hurts to have success in. And then you tell me that he can't. And then I prove myself right. So I'm not trying to do that. But like if he had to rely on his arm, I don't think anybody can say they believe in him like at, at this point. And it's week one. There's still opportunity for growth. But sure. I mean, you, I just that that is this isn't the recipe. I mean, and and I I, I think that. You're still, and again, it's week one, and you have every right to feel awesome if you're an Eagles fan, but you still don't have an answer one way. This is the worst case scenario we talked about for the season as a whole, where you're trapped in purgatory. You don't know if this guy is a functional franchise quarterback, but you're going to have to maybe pay him in the offseason. I think enough people don't think about worst case scenario that way. I think people think the worst case scenario, because in a vacuum, like it would be like the quarterback is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like That's not, because if the quarterback's terrible, in theory, you're able to move on. And right. maybe get a good one. The worst case scenario is committing to one that you're just topping out with. That's the that's my worst case scenario. Um, so I definitely think uh, there's a lot of things to be ironed out, not with just him, but across the board. And that's fine. You'd rather you'd rather have a performance where you need things to work on when you're one and zero. Like okay, it was ugly. Mm-hmm. Whatever though, we're one and zero. Moral we loss, have time. baby. Moral yeah. loss. It was kind of a moral loss in some ways. Um, but more so, I would say on the defense than Jalen Hurts in terms of in terms of that. I mean, the de- defense, like, come on, man. Like Jonathan Gannon, the big thing with him to flip it to that side of the ball is that he didn't maximize the talent he had last year. And look, the Eagles have new starters on defense, a bunch of them. Like, I you can apply caveats and like you can give him some level of grace. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're giving up thirty-five points. I'm let me pull up the numbers here, right? Yeah, thirty-five points. It was the second highest. Scoring total of week one, only behind the Chiefs. They gave up 5.8 yards per play, which is the 10th highest total. And for perspective, 5.8 yards per play ranked 28th worst last season. Uh, Lions converted nine of their 14 third down tries, and they were one for one on fourth down as well. Like, that is so pathetic. Like, the Lions are not this amazing juggernaut. Maybe they're a little underrated, possibly. They're cute. But, like, it's Jared Goff. And he didn't even play well. He like there are multiple throws where open target or whatever overthrew him. 
And there, the Lions had like at least four drops. I feel like it was even more than that. Like PFF said four, but I felt like it was even more than that. I mean, DeAndre Swift had 9.6 yards per carry. <laughs> what are we like? What are we doing? What is um, this? It's pathetic. I mean, that game should have been a blowout. There was a point in that game where ja- James Bradbury returns the pick six. You're like, okay, this is a point in a game where like things start to fall apart for the other team. Like it's going to unravel from here, going to cruise to a win, and it didn't. And to the Lions' credit, they kept fighting, but that's what they are. But the Eagles, they didn't stomp on them. They didn't like like smother them when they had a chance to do so. And it's not concerning to the point the season's over, but it's concerning in that like they should have done better. I agree entirely with all of that. Uh, and and people, I'm sure you've heard like, "What man? Why are you so upset after a win? Oh my gosh, they, they, did they win the game? You know what I mean? Were we watching different games? You know, like again, like you, the goal isn't to win week one. Obviously, it's important, and all these games are important. Um, and there are a lot of things to feel really good about and a lot of reasons to continue to praise Harry sure. Roseman. Like I said, A.J. Brown looked great. The run game as a whole looked great. Miles Sanders looked great. I mean, yes, like lots of lots of positive vibes in that sense. But the most important one is, do you have a franchise quarterback? And yeah. you still don't know the answer. But you are in the best possible case overall in a lot of different ways to to learn that, right? Like not only are you having success and winning games against only one game, but still if you have draft capital, you have cap flexibility, like the Eagles are in, in the – you, you should feel great if you're an Eagles fan, but you shouldn't feel like life is perfect. But, okay, let's move on because we technically are only one way through our eight-game discussion because we have a lot of things to touch on. Um, the Washington Commanders, Brandon, have never lost a game. All right, the Washington Commanders, that is, 28-22. to 22, You foolishly went into the icebox on uh, the look ahead and took the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not enough. I think they were one of the worst-looking teams relative to expectations because a lot of people thought they'd be cute and, and plucky, and a lot of people thought Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson would, would play all right. But no, Carson Wentz had some Wentz moments, both positively and negatively, but 28-22, to 22, the final score. Antonio Gibson was using the passing game. Terry McLaurin looked great. Jahan Dotson looked great. This looked like an offense that can be functional in the NFL. It did. It's still Carson Wentz. Like at the end, this is like a Carson he was, Wentz. He was still better than Matt Ryan. And I was so proud of myself. Okay. For, 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 yeah, but that was a big, the big thing. Like they, right, they, they the got the like 17th best quarterback in the NFL. That's a notable thing. This is an anti-Colts thing. We're talking about this is this is the NFC East mixtape, RJ. We're talking you can you can bring this up on the look at, but but he was Carson Wentz. Like you saw the highs, some good throws. You also saw the lows that like put the the win in jeopardy and more than it should have been. And against a team that was for as much as I love Dougie P, um, it's it's still a team that finished with the number one overall pick two years in a row. By the way, I gotta call out Hogshaven. Like it's one thing to be excited, you know, to to win. But like they had this tweet after the game that was like something to the effect of like, oh, the Eagles almost lost to the Lions. And they count like it was just like oh, Washington looks great. When you guys almost lost to the Jacks. <laughs> you can't be like acting like, oh, we're we're the best team by far in the East. I think um, they should have lost. Like Travis Etienne had some really bad moments in this game. Like you yeah. don't have to you don't have to butterfly affect this game a lot to to make it a Jaguars win. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here, and like the Jags only had two fewer first downs. They had uh, the Jags out, outgained Washington in terms of yards per play. Um, uh, also, looking Jags. Uh, Trevor looking- Lawrence technically, I, I don't know. I, I understand people don't love QBR, but Trevor Lawrence had a higher QBR marginally than Carson Wentz. Like again, it was kind of like like Washington lost the game less than why yes. than Jacksonville did. But I do think that there were signs of promise. Like there there were the touchdown to Terry McLaurin was a phenomenal throw by Carson Wentz. Like you can see, like I I think like there have been 
times where with Washington there there has been like it's been nothing like you can't say we love to say like you can you see a path there's been nothing you can't identify good play especially at the quarterback position there is good play it, it is sparing and it's it comes in pockets but it does exist and so there, you can see them winning seven to ten games like if the right kind of breaks go their way I think Washington has a middling kind of ceiling they're they're a decent team and there's something to be said for that I don't think they're the total joke that maybe we thought they would be or other t- people thought they would be uh, I think they're a solid team. They're going to be a team that's tough for the Eagles. Like, I think they're, they're I mean, they're the second best team in the NFC East right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're the team you feel like second best about, especially with the way the Cowboys are cratering. Um, they have the so, second best quarterback with Dak Hurt. Yeah, they have a legitimate, and some would argue the best. And they have a, mm-hmm. they have a legitimate, like, chance to win the division, I think. Um, I don't think they will, but I think they're, they're, they're in the discussion. They're in the mix. They'll be solid. I, you know, this is not like, if, the, if they were actually like good, good, legit good, then they would have stomped the Jacks. It wouldn't have even been close. And the again, defense part- also like had some nice moments. Like again, like there, there's some things that you can. It's not hard to talk yourself. Like you know, I don't know what like Washington sports radio is like, but I and I don't don't listen to it obviously. But I bet Monday was was filled with some like, hey, you can see this team, you know, winning the division. To your point, like catching a little bit of fire. Like they have a they have a very clear ceiling, but it's not before the playoffs start you know what i mean like that's and in that sense like the trade for carson was worth it it was interesting to me to see the video did you see the locker room video of ron rivera handing the game ball to him and like yeah washington fans if you're buying that like all right we'll see how long that that lasts um i i don't buy them again as this actually legit nfc contender the conference contender as a whole sure but i do think they're like going to be a, a, a pesky team to play like they're going to be annoying it's not just like you walk in to get a free win they're going to be annoying to play i was really impressed with Jahan dotson and look i don't i'm not trolling and i say this very carefully um i think there's a world where or a path when the season's over washington had the best receiver duo in the division dallas is not in that mix like especially with the quarterback play you know and we'll again we'll touch on that new york's definitely not in that mix i don't know what to think of Devonte smith and that isn't me being down on him but like i don't know like we've even talked about this like he's not somebody that, that works with jalen hurts it's very clear that aj brown is by far the best receiver in the division but if we're yeah. looking at the duos i could see washington having the best or at least the most accomplished when it's all said and done and I will note that um, you probably didn't see the full game. Devontae Smith, he had four targets, zero catches. He did have a nice catch that was wiped out by a holding penalty that had like, nothing to do with the play. And then he had another uh, should have been catch. The ball was a little bit underthrown. And also it was a pass interference. But the pass interference got wiped out by an offsetting penalty. So, like, you know, he played a little, little bit better than the boss. He did have a drop as well. Um, but I think he played a little bit better than a typical four targets, zero catches game would show because of some unfortunate circumstances. But yeah, it's absolutely a fair point. And AJ Brown, we didn't get to him enough. I know that we're in the Washington segment, but dude, right. like, come on. Like, he was awesome. Like, 150. It's, it's the he most was great. It's the most receiving yards by an Eagles player in their debut, debut ever. Like, like, like in this first, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. He's a stud. Like, that's not a guy teams have answers for. Like, and, um, so it will be interesting, I guess, to take it back to Washington to see, cause it's, it's hard too. Like, so you have to, you have to like AJ Brown is so far out in front that even if Devonte Smith is solid, like I think that kind of makes them the best 
um, e- even if they're not evenly pulling I mean, their weight there. But not if he's used that or not used. Like what it reminds me he of. He can be used more than this. Teams are going to start putting more sure. attention onto A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith will have opportunities. He looked good in camp when he got chances. Like he's, he's, I'm, I have no worries about him in terms of talent. I do agree. Like The usage will be interesting to see. But, uh, so, but Washington's me- right up there to your point. Like Terry McLaurin's great, and Jahan Dotson, we, we said – in all, all for as much crap as we get about not giving enough respect or attention, whatever to the commander. Oh, this is just an Eagles and Cowboys podcast. Um, we said consistently like Dotson could be an X factor. I think we named him our X factor for the commanders. Um, two things. One, I'm talking to every Eagles fan that isn't Brandon right now. I'm not ready, but I'm at least thinking about being ready to write my apology letter for my AJ Brown trade take. All right. Like I'm not it's ready time. to, I'm not ready to write it, but I'm, I'm at least like thinking about it. Like I'm at the point where I'm like, well, where do we have the paper in the house? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're, like, you know, do I want to write it in blue or, 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 or black ink? Um, you know, am I going to go cursive? Do I want to type it and just sign my signature at the very bottom? So I'm, I'm, I'm at least thinking about it. All right. Um, AJ Brown, I, like, I think there's an argument to be made, and it's week one. So, like, oh, week one overreaction. But, like, there's an argument to be made right now that that was the best trade of the offseason. Like, that, that there's a huge argument to be made that that is, is Imagine if you're the Packers right now, and they're like, how did you not – they had, what, two first-round picks? Like, how do you not – like, I know the Eagles pick was a little bit higher, but they could have made it work if they really wanted him, and they should have wanted him. I mean, him. I don't think that he's a better receiver than Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill for that matter. But, like – Still the, though, like if you're no, the but Packers, like, why wouldn't that's you what I'm saying. Like, I, I like the trade for the circumstances for the type of quarterback that like he has he has elevated Jalen Hurts again through one game the way Amari Cooper elevated Dak Prescott. Yes. Like that's why that trade was worth it because if, mm-hmm. if you can worth unlock the, first, the franchise quarterback, it's worth it. Now I wanted to make this analogy. What Devontae Smith reminds me of, and I got a PS5 over the weekend. Finally, it took forever. Not the Xbox. Uh, anyway um nice so spot. um you ever play a game like like spider-man or something like a role-playing game oh i love it, spider-man right thank you uh or you like unlock a new suit or something right and yeah. you're like this is awesome this is my favorite suit whatever What's your favorite spider-man suit well i'm i'm kind of a classic guy you know what i mean so i like the, the classic like vintage wow. look but anyway so you unlock a suit and you're flying around or whatever you're doing this and that whatever game and you're like this is awesome like i'm never going to wear another suit in the game you know outside of like whatever benefit it might give me but then you unlock a different suit and you're like oh that one i really liked like dude i can't wear that like this new one is even better that's mm-hmm. aj brown to Devonte smith like you really like mm-hmm. that suit but you're like i can't you know like this other one is just so much better like you know this is kind of where i'm at mm. You're a Devontae hater. It's fine. Uh, but back um, to Washington because we got, we got way off track. The on New York or back suddenly New York. good again at football Giants. We'll take a break mm. in a little bit. Um, but uh, the New York Giants got the dub. Brian Dable was dancing in the locker room 21 to 20. If there was ever a reason to justify the non-belief in the Tennessee Titans, it was this. 21-20, the final score in Nashville. The Giants 1-0. Shout out to Davey G., who died so these giants could live. Obviously not literally, just a metaphorical sense. Um, Daniel Jones was kind of... Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, are we going to write mm-hmm. an apology letter to him? BLG, Possibly. 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown, including a long run of 68 yards, one yard away from a nice moment here. Um, this, we've said all along, this was kind of a, a great week for all of our priors being confirmed. Right. Like we, we've said, like, this, is, this season... The Giants and Commanders have different ceilings, to be very clear. Like, I think if you're a Commanders fan, you can you should be focused on competing, winning the division. That that path is there for you. If you're mm-hmm. a Giants fan, 
it's not like just you know don't let the, the week one win fool you and sway you but this is this is very very positive if you're a Giants fan huge step in the right direction huge loved Brian Dable going for and getting the win Joe Judge would have never done that like no. I love and I, it's a Cowboys fan that bothers me that they're now like you know smart and understand like basic common principles things that should be basic this was a really huge injection of positive vibes for the New York Giants it all goes back to John Mara, like admitting he was dumb or like admitting like he messed things up mm -hmm. and we needed to start new and we needed to like self own. Yeah. Self like self-aware. Um, and I think that's what the Giants have been doing since then. They've been on the right path. Uh, on the Daniel Jones point, I want to point out that uh, good friend KSIXI on Twitter, uh, a, a former Big Blue View writer slash contributor um, who I follow on Twitter is you know, always has great takes on uh, the Giants and lives in Philly, if I'm not mistaken, or at least did it one time. So he's a Philly guy in the one sense. But uh, this is what he tweeted about Daniel Jones' performance, and I thought it was a nice way to, to sum it up. Uh, no closer to finding out more about Daniel Jones after that game on Sunday. It was emblematic of his career. Some really nice plays, gutsy, tough plays, a few misplays, and of course, one or two backbreakers. The Giants are going to move on if this is how the season goes. I looked at the Giants box score uh, on Sunday, and I was like, did he fumble? And sure enough, he did. You know, <laughs> that does not go away. It's always going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, this season is not uh, – their goal is to play spoiler, basically. And and what did I say? On, I think it was the look ahead. I was like, you know what I think the Giants are going to be? They're going to be this year's – Lions from last, last year. year. Like, yeah. They're going to be that feisty team that, sure enough, is aggressive and going for it. And, like, you can see the makings of something promising, but the talent just isn't there. The quarterback just isn't there. They're just not there yet. But you're yeah. starting to see some encouraging signs and something to believe in. And then going into next year, like, the Lions, RJ, they had, like, a sellout crowd for the first time in five years, non-Thanksgiving games. Like, they were they were freaking juiced for that game. And I think, like, if this is the path for the Giants to, like, like okay, there's some – it's tough. We're going to lose some tough games. But next year, like, we're this is – the next year is going to be, like, a year where we take a step forward or, or things are looking promising. We're going to get really excited. So, it was a good – I know the Titans have had, like, a stock down offseason. But, like, it's still it's, – it's like a it's, a – it's a team that, as much as we didn't think they were – actually representative of what a number one seed is in a conference it's a team that still did that and for a team like the giants who've been the worst team in the nfl since 2017 beating that team is a, is an accomplishment it's not like a king making performance and it's not just about them being the, the number one city year but the titans have been a really stable organization for the last few years so getting a win there a season opener is very very positive um i didn't expand on your lions uh giants point when we talked about on the look ahead but the more i think about it it really does hit very well so uh good job you um i think about a team like the vikings who a reason i was high on them is because they had so many like fluky losses a year ago that's why i like them so much this year and one of their losses last year was to the lions and so i think that we're going to look at some teams next year who maybe had some kind of weird fluky losses to the giants this year and those were just examples to your point of kind of the Giants playing over their heads, getting big wins. Um, so good for them. Again, I don't know what I feel about Brian Dable. Um, I don't know that I feel confident in any of the Giants receivers. I will say if I have to like turn negative for a brief moment here, this is I, I like I don't think in any way the worst case scenario for the Giants is Saquon Barkley like playing out of his mind. But it would be kind of a terrible thing if he plays out of his mind all season long and then you're forced to give him a big time contract and then yeah. you're stuck with that once you've kind of started to take some steps forward in 2023. 
spoken from someone who saw this from the Ezekiel Elliott perspective. I do, I do agree that, I mean, I th- Saquon in theory has the potential to be like an exception, a guy who would be worth a second. Like, yeah, but you can't any, bet on that. Like if anyone I'm saying, if anyone, yes, like him at his peak, but yeah, it's not a bet I would like to make, or I think it's smart to make. I mean, we will absolutely write the apology letter to Saquon. If he continues to ball out like this, like this is a le- like, again, 18 for 164 9.1 he had the long of 68 i was i wanted to see like when i saw that score at first uh the box score like if this was like a saquon game where like he's like if you take the one long run away he's averaging nah, like two he was yards good. per carry yeah. because that's been him in the past right like he'll have the one big run but everything else he just gives you nothing and that wasn't the case so um yeah really impressive he also helped with uh six catches for 30 yards as well so uh yeah that's that's Yes, I agree that that is like a questionable long-term sustainable thing in that element, um, but you'll take it in the short term, just like you'll take Jalen Hurts, you know, leading the Eagles to victory for now in the short term. Uh, but yeah, really, probably couldn't have done realistically better. Like the Giants basically did like as much as they could do that you could feel happy about, I feel like. Yeah, they're like, um, you know, my son is, um, he'll be 10 months old in a few weeks. It's like when he eats all his food. You know what I mean? It's like, good job. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about the Giants uh, right now. Um, okay, this takes us to um, <laughs> the only team who Denver Broncos fans are grateful that they are, you are not. a little chilly over there, RJ? I don't know what this bit is. This cold? is not funny. Um, I think the... Brr, the Cowboys uh, are in the icebox. They're the only team. He did the icebox. I'm so happy you did the sound effect. That really, really makes me happy. We had they're a lot double of double in the icebox because uh, they're the only team to not score a touchdown as well, which I already said, but I needed to reiterate. Um, first of all, this uh, gives me great joy because I think we're in on the icebox bit for the look ahead. Everybody listen over there on the SB Nation NFL show on Friday. That's why um, you have to listen to all the episodes, the, the right. mixtape, the look at because mm-hmm. you're, you're missing out what the icebox even is. Exactly. Um, I, um, I took the Cowboys out like my fan card, you know, I dropped and I'm fine with that. Like I'm, I have no issue. Like, He's you a know, broken man. Be, ladies yeah. And gentlemen. Being sad that I wanted them to win. I don't know that we really have to touch on the game that much, like as much as the like ensuing fallout game doesn't matter um, they lost they get right out. They, like, they lost they, they looked like the long term i uh spoiler alert i haven't written my power rankings yet today uh because we're recording on tuesday but i don't know how i don't have them as the 32nd overall team in the end wow like i mean well who looked worse like who, and, and uh, who looked worse among like I the mean, way that no but like they they looked they, you can make an argument that they were the worst looking team in week one and they're worse now sure. with, with, with dak prescott injured like they are maybe the worst team in the NFL right now. They have a great defense. They have Micah Parsons, who had two awesome sacks on, on Tom Brady, and that's great. Um, but I mean, dude, like I'm I'm astounded. Like, I'm I'm truly and utterly flabbergasted level amazed at how quickly the house of cards came tumbling down. I mean, it, it was it was like a snap. It was like a Thanos snap that just like it was like it's almost like the NFL universe said, you think you're smart, Cowboys? You you think you got this? We're going to spit in your face and prove you wrong. They have taken nothing seriously over the entire offseason. Nothing. I mean, they, they didn't take the offensive line seriously. Tyron Smith gets hurt. Do nothing. They signed Jason Peters. Cool. We'll see how that works out. They didn't take the receiver position seriously. Let Cedric Wilson walk. Traded away Amari Cooper. Signed James Washington. Cool. Drafted Jalen Tolbert in the third round. Jalen uh, James Washington got hurt in training camp. They did nothing. In fact, they did sign Cavante Turpin. Oh man, they're going to use him on offense. Not a single offensive touch. <laughs> Jalen Tolbert, he's going to be awesome. He's our our day two pick, third round receiver. Healthy scratch for the Healthy game. Scratch. Like, I mean, it, it was a pathetic level of predictability unfolding in front of our very eyes. And I actually have a question for you because mm-hmm. sometimes we can we can get stuck looking at like our teams through through our lens. I, I think you you agree that that happens. 
I've been following the NFL for a long time, covering the NFL for a long time, as as have you. And I cannot remember something this surreal happening where Chris Collinsworth, correctly, by the way, on the call is trashing the way the Cowboys built their team. Like, I, I can't – like, there have been a lot of questionable decisions made by a lot of NFL teams in the last 20 years. I can't remember, like, the universe being in such strong level of agreement. Like, there is nobody – who, who is sitting here saying, yeah, Cowboys were right. It, it, it was a good plan. You know what I mean? It, it, they, did, they did it the right way. Nobody. Like, everybody agrees that they tore this down for stupid, foolish reasons and did nothing to build it back up. I mean, can you, re- can you recall anything that is similar to this? I, I mean, I feel like I'm living in a reality show. No, I mean, this is all very predictable and not not to the extent I think that it happened, but obviously, again, really bad vibes, which was a big concern going into the season, but it was at a point where you were like, okay, I, I can acknowledge all this is bad, but they still have the best quarterback. Like, right. you know, like you're but like, but they, they can't be that bad. Right. Is like, is what you're talking yourself into at that point. Like, like I, I'm not expecting them to be great, but they're not going to be like a total joke. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what they were. And dude, like what was up with Dak? Because he obviously got hurt and that's a big concern, but like before he got hurt, he looked terrible. And it wasn't just a matter of like, Okay, his offensive line got worse and everything, which didn't help him for sure. But he's just missing throws and making bad throws. And I tweeted this during the game. He only had one pick. He should have had at least like three picks, dude. He had like a bunch of picks that were dropped. I feel like anecdotally, he gets away with more drop picks. Maybe I'm biased. But in any case, like at the very least in that game, he should have had multiple picks. I just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what, he, what was going he, on with him? He and CD Lamb both played very poorly. Yeah, um, CD in, bad, in, but like so like multiple things are true something we say a lot they both played very poorly they were both put in very difficult spots by the team both of those things can be true and and separate from one yes. another um like they played poorly partly because of the way the cowboys built the team but they also played poorly like independent of things i mean dude like they didn't like you know they did the, they didn't score a touchdown stat is like what's flying around they barely crossed midfield i mean yeah. you know like at the uh near the end of the game after the donovan wilson interception um, obviously at that point, like, you know how sometimes games are just chaos and you're just kind of living in it. Um, I tweeted at the time, like awesome Donovan Wilson interception, um, Cowboys offense. Now do something with it. Don't just get seven yards and put up, throw up a sad face. They didn't even get seven yards. They got two yards on that possession after the interception and then punted. I mean, like they looked like one of the most dysfunctional offenses I've ever seen. And I'm so sick. Of Kellen Moore. I mean, like again, put, let's put some blame on Dak. Let's put some blame on CD. But oh, we're gonna manufacture touches for Cavante Turpin. Not a single offensive touch. And why? Why? Why do you have to give Tony Pollard the ball in the most complicated ways possible? Why are you reverse pitching, triple optioning Tony Pollard? Just hand him the ball. Just tell Dak or Cooper Rush, whoever, to turn around and hand him the ball. It is so just. I, I I don't I truly don't know who I feel the worst for besides like me and Cowboys fans like I feel for Mike McCarthy and I know you don't I know a lot of people think he sucks and I'm not saying that that's not true but if if Dak is out through the bye and we have that to touch on as well Mike McCarthy will have coached 41 games for the Cowboys presuming he makes it to that point Dak will have been out for 19 of them like this era has been filled with so much just swirling chaos that I mean it's been impossible for anyone to thrive granted they had success last year and 
I mean, I think they they overestimated themselves. They like I still think Dak is the best quarterback in the division. I still think CeeDee Lamb has a bright future in the NFL. But they overestimated foolishly because you don't have to. Like you never had to rely on Dak to be your savior. You never had to rely on CD to be the dude who wins against triple coverage. You didn't have to do that. They're clearly not those players. That's not a fault of theirs. But you built this so that they have to be, and now you're stuck. Like what a big shocker that Noah Brown and Simi Fajoko weren't enough to get it done. And now what sucks is is people are trashing them, right? Like they suck. That's so unfair yeah, like, to do to like them. It's their fault. Yeah, I mean it. I. I just have no idea how this is a, a a thing. I have I have no and this thus begins like our spinning forward. So a few different kind of points of chaos for the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott has the thumb injury, had surgery on Monday, um, is now on the path towards recovery. Every national insider, national reporter, six day weeks, six day weeks. That was the reported time frame for like two days straight. Jerry Jones takes the airwaves to 105 through the fan on Tuesday morning. We're not putting him on IR. No way. We, we think he could be back within those four weeks. Dude, what? Like that just, it's so stupid. Like it's so ridiculous. Um, so you've got that going on. You've now got Connor McGovern uh, uh, dealing with a high ankle sprain. The same Connor McGovern who is only starting at left guard because you had to kick Tyler Smith out to left tackle because Tyron Smith predictably got hurt and you waited two weeks to sign the actual left tackle for this team. It's a comedy of errors. Beyond that, Jaron Curse is not hurt, has an MCL spray, and you, they do kind of have some depth at safety, so that's like kind of the one spot where they're all right. They still ha- they still don't have a swing tackle. They, they don't have a swing tackle. They have yep. no more interior guard depth. Um, and on top of that, we have this Micah Parsons thing, which I did want to address just because people might see it. Um, we don't know the full story. I do want to couch that with this. But today for Brandon and I is Tuesday, and it had previously been announced partly by Micah that he was going to be appearing on Undisputed every Tuesday on FS1 to kind of just talk Cowboys, whatever. Um, he, according to the show, did not show up on Tuesday. And at the t- we're recording this just before lunchtime, has not given a reason, has not said anything. There could be a justifiable reason, but right now there's nothing from Micah. So we have no idea why he didn't show. Like the vibes, you said the vibes are bad. Dude, that, that was so wrong. The vibes are on fire. Like th- this, the, the, this is the, the like... I, I mean, this is Sharknado. Like, this is so bad. Like, there's nowhere to turn. I, I'm actually amazed that it continues to get worse. Like, I, I keep thinking, like, we've hit the bottom. There's no there's no more that they can do to make this bad or to hurt me. Yet, they always find a way. But shout out to them, Brandon, because Sunday was the highest rated season opener on NBC since 2015, a game that also featured the Dallas Cowboys. Woo. I was looking through the Cowboys game long to double check their longest, their, like their longest drive into uh, oh, Buccaneers territory. Opening drive. And yeah, it was a 31 yard line. <laughs> they didn't get past the 30, the Bucks 31 yard line all game long. They didn't get into the red zone one time. And they, ha- and they had an interception that kind of started right, right near midfield. Field. I mean, like, so that's pathetic. The for the Dak injury thing. Like, I, I can't believe like, why would you this is your starting quarter like why would you what's the earliest he could really play the fourth week there really like that fourth week so you don't put him in ir so you can get him in that fourth like that's so the, the fourth about, the fourth game by the way is on the road against the rams so <laughs> like if he were to return in the fourth week it's just i just think you're thinking about it wrong like just put him on ir you save the roster spot which is a nice advantage and you give him that little extra time the little extra time is going to be it's a, it's a throwing hand injury. Like, how is he going to, like, even if he comes back early, that's not, like, a matter of just pain tolerance. That's, like, affecting 
your ability to do your job. And I just, he didn't look good when he was healthy. How's he going to look hate, even better now? <laughs> He's playing hurt. I get I that hate the Cowboys. The I, I hate the national spin too. Sorry, not to interrupt you, but it's like, What's well, the you know, spin? well, he's not on injured reserve, so he can be in practice and he can be talking to and communicating with Cooper Rush. No, like, no it doesn't matter. Stop it's this. Dumb. Like, this is dumb. This is so silly. And it's not a coincidence that the first, I said every national report, the first national report that hinted at four to six weeks was early Tuesday morning by Tom Pelissero yeah. on NFL Network. So Tuesday morning, Tom Pelissero comes out. Tom, the same Tom Pelissero who got, and look, Tom's awesome. Like, I'm not trying to say this to slight Tom, but the same Tom Pelissero who did the McCarthy project. Um, you know, report back when McCarthy was re-entering the coaching cycle and the same Tom Pellicero who got a one-on-two interview with Mike McCarthy yeah. and Dak Prescott at training camp last year, a very close to the right. Cowboys reporter, comes out and says, well, it's four to six weeks. Jerry hits the radio a few hours later for, you know, hey, we're not putting him on injured reserve. This this is just like, and it could it could happen. It's possible. We've seen it. You know, the players overcome things, but it's so unlikely. I do, I, for the purposes of this exercise, let's start the, the ship. Actually, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. All right, Brandon, while we were gone, you came back with a T-shirt um, that says, I heart the Cowboys. But instead of a heart, it has a middle finger. Do you feel that way? No, my shirt is actually ah. the Writers Guild of America East. Shirt. WGAE. No, shout out. We love them. Um, okay, let's start the spin forward. So for the purposes of this exercise, let's assume that Dak is out through the bye. That's what I've estimated myself. My That's own personal eight-week timeline, right? Okay, you tap dance while I take care of Bear. All right, I'm going to tap dance while RJ goes off camera. For the, See, if you're not watching the podcast on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel specifically, I know RJ would want me to plug the plug, not plug, the plug the Blogging the Boys YouTube, but I mean, come on, really, you got to watch the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube video. Uh, you can see him going off screen right now. You can also see me smiling a lot when I am laughing at the Cowboys' misfortune. Okay, I was just talking about why people needed to watch the video uh, edition and not just listen that was crazy. Uh, um, what were you okay. talking about? What were we talking about? So let's hypothetically say Bears barking in the back on their Oh, outside. yeah. Let's say um, it's the eight-week timeline and Dak is out so they're after the bye. They're 0-1. Let's try to be as optimistic as possible, but they're not going to make a move at quarterback. Seems like it's Cooper Rush. Of the available options, I would rather they start Will Greer just because he's more dynamic. He can run more. He's more athletic. Like at this like at this point, you you literally need to grasp at any kind of straw. Do you want them and to I, trade for anyone? Because I feel like that's no. getting talked about. I, I hate the life trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? Why would the, like, why would the 49ers do that though? Trey Lance okay, doesn't look well, good. Like, okay, but you're like you're at a, at a level that I'm not even at with that. Like, I, right. I agree with you, but like my point is like, how, how does that help you? Like you're going to have to give up like a third round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. So when you're probably going to have a new coaching staff here next year anyway, um, and then you're, he's not great. Like you were the worst looking offense in the NFL with Dak. And I know people are down on Dak, but he's still a much better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. And then because the world is full of like silliness, whenever Dak is back, if he plays poorly, start Jimmy, start Hill. You know, like you just don't need that. You don't need those vibes. Um, but okay. So let's presume he's out. Let's try to be as optimistic as possible. Mm -hmm. And let's assume Cooper Rush is the quarterback for all these games. I don't know if you know, Brandon, but Cooper Rush went to Minnesota and beat the Vikings last year. Aaron Rodgers couldn't beat the Vikings on Sunday. Um, okay. They're losing against the pissed off Bengals team on Sunday. Yeah, I right? agree. Um, okay. So uh, they're losing there. Um, at New York Giants the following week on Monday Night Football. I can't. I Troy they, is going to rip them. Troy is going to destroy them on Monday Night Football, by the way. I think they could win one of the two NFC East games. So the game you're talking about is the next week they have the Commanders at home. I agree with you. I think they split those games. So we have yeah. we both have them at one and three, right? 
Yep. And then at the Rams, that's a loss. So they're probably they're a loss. I have a tough time knowing what to make of Stafford, but whatever. I think that Aaron Donald can. <laughs> right. right. So they're, they're, one and, they're one and four. Then they're losing at Philly. Two times in three years, a backup quarterback playing in Philly for the Cowboys on Sunday Eagles, Night Football. Cowboys matchup is cursed, dude. The that's one in Philly. The one in Philly is cursed. Game. Yeah. Like, it's like it's, you're not getting quality matchups between these teams. So. One and five, and then the two games before the bye, Detroit, Chicago. I think they split those. That's yeah, this is kind of so. So we both have them at three. Uh, uh, three and five was the the case. That's they they were three and five in two thousand eighteen. That's like the right, right. They, they they were three and five in two thousand eighteen when they traded for Amari Cooper. They wound up winning the division. Some of that was the circumstances around them. Some of that was Alex Smith got hurt because the com, uh, the Commanders sure. were were in first place at the time. Um, you know, uh, four years ago, but mm-hmm. so you're talking about three and five. And again, um, just looking forward here, say Dak is back. We have no idea what he would be at that point in time, but very quickly at green Bay at Minnesota, probably both losses. Wait, right? how did he get to three? Who was, so we picked them one. We split the first two NFC. Oh, games. I think oh my gosh, two. you're right. Uh, yeah. two and two and six. We have the yeah. two and six. Okay. So two and six. And then at green Bay at Minnesota, like may, maybe if we're being optimistic, you split those. Like, again, we're trying really hard at this point. So you're three and seven. Um, then you get the Giants at home again for the purposes of being, the Giants for the purposes of being really kind. I'll give them this win. So they're four and seven. The The Colts are, are frauds. I'll, I'll say they split those Giants Colts games. Okay. So they're they're four and eight. They probably split Houston Jaguars. They're five and nine. They lose to Philly at home, probably yeah. in all likelihood. They're five and ten. I mean, and then at Tennessee at Washington, say you split those. You finish the season six and eleven. Mm. I mean, I I don't know. I, I can't. I can't paint like a, you know, and I've done that before. I've, I've sang that song before. Like when, when a franchise quarterback's gone down, there's a way just got to get here. You just got to do that. No, this team is too bad. Like this offense is too bad. The defense can't carry you that far. It can't, it's, it, it cannot, it, it just, it can't. I think the worst case scenario for the Cowboys, speaking of worst case scenarios again, is not that I think it would be better in term. Stick with me. I think it'd be better if Dak was out for the season because then like it's a lost year. And then it's yep. clear, like, you have to move on. You have to make sweeping changes. We messed yep. up. You have to go to go back to what I said about John Mayer. You, ha- you have to face reality. You have to face reality and look yourself in the mirror, and you can't make any excuses for it. And also, you get a good draft pick, too. Like, you're, you have one of the best picks. You can get a blue-chip player at the top there as opposed to Dak comes back. There's this kind of false positive. They're like, oh, we did some positive things at the end of the year. We kind of went on a little bit of a run, but, you know, Dak got hurt. So we, what could we do about that? We're going to actually keep Mike McCarthy again. We're not going to change much. Like, you don't want to delude yourselves and and lie to yourselves i think that is the worst case scenario for the cowboys so i think that's that's worse the fact that he might come back and maybe they do go on like this too late run like it's too late but and 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 you turn the you turn the fourth overall pick into like the ninth overall pick with your your we made some progress at the end of the year now that'll carry over to next season doesn't i do think again multiple things can be true i think mike mccarthy is getting a really raw deal I think Mike McCarthy is in a really unwinnable situation and I think they're going to move on and they're going to, they're going to blame him for it. Like he is, he is clearly, especially now that Dak is hurt. He is clearly the fall guy. It's some of it is warranted. Some of it is not. I mean, this is, this is chaos, dude. Like no, nobody can thrive in this. Nobody can. I mean, it's, uh, but we both have them losing to the Bengals. Obviously on Sunday, right? Yep. Okay. I mean, Uh, I don't think the Bengals are going on to Burrow didn't play well. Uh, I will against pittsburgh but i, I will write my apology letter to aj brown live on the nfc's mixtape next week if the Bengals lose to the cowboys and that Cooper doesn't Rush. make any sense <laughs> i don't care i i said it i've decreed it okay, okay. um the um let, let's move back like we'll snake back you know mm-hmm. we, we went down i like this kind of uh 
you know, move now. So the New York Giants this coming week, Brandon, are one and zero. I think they get to two and zero. They have the Carolina Panthers. Talking about the undefeated two and zero New York <laughs> Football Giants. Well, you just the wait. You just wait till till we get through this here. But I did the Panthers impress you? No, no, and. The, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Like the Panthers looked awful. The Panthers could like, I was so disappointed. Like get DJ more involved. Like what do you, you know, Robbie Anderson, fine. But like Christian, Christian McCaffrey is who we correctly slight Saquon Barkley to be. You know what I mean? Christian Bar- or Christian McCaffrey's the like, oh, he got his like 60 yard run. He got, and there was, uh, cause I was watching uh red zone, obviously Um, he got his touchdown and there was something like, there was some stat that he's like averaged a touchdown a game. Every game he's been active. Like that means nothing. Like, are you making the team better? Are you winning games? Like, no, like he's better I'm, I'm fantasy football player than an right. actual football player. Um, So we both think the giants win, right? We're both in on this. I mean, what do you feel good about? With not too long ago, we're saying, what do you feel good about with the Giants? I feel much better about them than the Panthers. What do you trust about the Panthers right now? I'm not buying bigger. The the way I'll play it is like advantages, right? Like if we do the like, you know, advantage matchup, whatever. I think the Giants have the matchup advantage at head coach, mostly because of Matt Rule. Not really anything to do with Brian Dable. Um, I guess the quarterback's kind of a push, you know, whatever. Um, issue for Carolina. Right. I give offensive line to New York. I give running back, run game in general to New York. I guess I give receiver, like pass catchers to the Panthers. Um, I mean, so our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, who are our sponsors over the SB Nation NFL show, have the Giants as two and a half point favorites in this game. By the way, they have just so, just so we say it, the Bengals are eight point favorites. They started off as underdogs against the Cowboys and the DAC injury happened. Then it climbed to six and a half Cincinnati. Now it's at eight Cincinnati. Wow. Um, but That's so the high, but... Gi- Giants, two and a half point favorites. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm in on the Giants two and oh, let's do it. No disagreement here. Uh, I think, I think that would be very realistic. The Washington commanders. This is the, this is the lock of the week. I'll say it right now on uh on the look ahead, you'll hear us. By the way, you and I went undefeated in our yeah. locks. Um, your lock last week was the Dolphins by four over the Patriots. Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. And I had the Vikings as one point dogs against the Packers. Oh. Uh, stats locked up the Eagles. Um, and there was that backdoor cover. So you missed it by uh, half a point. Yeah. Uh, sorry to stats. But the Washington Commanders are two and a half point underdogs against the Detroit Lions, Brandon. I'll take the Lions. I think they showed some good things last week, and I'm not fully buying into Washington yet. I think the Lions could scrap out a win. That's a tough place to play. Like the Eagles had a lot of different timeouts and penalty, like pre snap penalties. Like the Lions fans were juiced up for that. And I think the performance they had was one that, like, oh man, we were so close, but we're going to get it next week. And I think the fans are going to be juiced up again. And I, and I think the Lions pull out the win here. Um, I don't know that I'm going to make this my lock of the week, but I do think that's a disrespect. I think that's not disrespectful to the commanders, but I think it's still too juiced up on the lines. Like they, like there is some cool stuff, cool energy, cool vibes, whatever. They were not a good football team. Like, I I don't know how they managed to squeeze out 35 points. Cool. DeAndre Swift ran the ball, Jamal Williams too. But like, there's not a lot to believe in football wise. There are at least some things to believe in football wise when it comes to the commanders. I will definitely pick them. Um, I think they win. So we disagree here. Um, I think, I think they both get to two and oh. Look at Carson Wentz a little less mobile than Jalen Hurts is what I would say. That's definitely a big weakness for Detroit. And I think, uh, you know, if, if Wentz is forced to throw the ball and isn't able to run like Jalen Hurts was, then I think that's going to be tougher for Washington. Um, so we both have the Cowboys starting off 0-2. We both have the Giants starting off 2-0. and We are split on the Commanders. I have them starting off 2-0. You have them at 1-1. and Monday night football. 
Mm. My Minnesota Vikings visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I was going to say this when we were kind of dancing around the game early on. This, Brandon, is a preview of the NFC Championship game, Mm. a la 2017. And it's a preview in that this one will also be in Philadelphia, this title game. But the Vikings will win it. Um, Hear me now, believe me later. This is a preview. And and I'll go even farther because I'm just on one today. In the NFC Championship game, the most Philadelphia thing possible will happen. Jalen Rager will catch the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, you I know, were kind yeah. of being somewhat realistic, okay. and then you that, just took it to that a part level. Is, that part is a little bit you know, too much, but like, no is, that, is that not the most, like, of course, possible thing I mean, that could happen to the Eagles? Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, Monday Night Football, this is one of two Monday Night games. The Titans visiting the Bills in the other slot, so I will be watching both um, intently. Um, our friends at DraftKings have the Eagles as two and a half point favorites over the Vikings. I love that. I love that for the Vikings. I think, dude, the Vikings looked good. I mean, RJ was right. RJ, RJ was right on Kevin O'Connell on his impact. Justin Jefferson looks like the best receiver in the NFL. And I could see this. I could see like Minnesota getting out to like a 14 point lead. And, and player in the NFL, not just receiver. Right, I too. agree with you. Like, and I don't, I don't know that Philly has the horses to compete with that passing performance with the way they play the game. Like we've talked about. Over under on Justin Jefferson receiving yards <laughs> it has to be like um, eighty. <laughs> let's see here. Um, I've seen a lot of Eagles fans because I tweeted that after the game or during the uh, Packers Vikings game, and a lot of Eagles fans are like, "Well, the passing defense really wasn't an issue against the Lions as much as the run game." I'm like, "Okay, the Eagles did not face anyone close to Justin Jefferson against the Lions. The Lions do not have a receiver who is anywhere near that caliber, especially with Jamison Williams being hurt." I, I, I'm nervous about this one. And before the season, I believed that the Eagles were going to split their first two games. Either they were going to lose to the Lions and beat the Vikings, or they were going to beat the Lions and lose. Wait, did I just say that? I don't know. The point was, I thought they were going to split. Yeah, one and one. I I think this is a tough, it's a tough one. Kirk Cousins, it's different coaches. It's Oh my gosh, Kirk winning at Philadelphia in prime time would be so funny. Oh my gosh. I don't believe in him. But I do believe in Justin Jefferson. That was my take all along. Was Justin Jefferson and Kevin O'Connell and the rest of the team? That offense is stacked. Justin Jefferson to win MVP in our MVP fourth of No, because again, of the way the MVP award is structured. You know as well as I do that if Justin Jefferson had an Offensive Player of the Year award type season, that Kirk would win MVP if they won a lot of games. I think if there were a quarterback who would not win MVP with a receiver Mm -hmm. that good, it would be Kirk because not everyone loves Kirk. Anyway, uh, I think Jefferson is going to be a problem. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are good cornerbacks and maybe even really good cornerbacks. That doesn't matter. Like Justin Jefferson is unguardable. It feels like basically um, he is another level. And I think he's going to be a really big problem. And for as much as I don't believe in Kirk, Kirk historically has the Eagles number. He just does. So he always, for whatever reason, pretty much has their number. So I don't feel great about the Eagles in this. I feel very good about the points. I would take the points. Maybe it's a clo- maybe if the Eagles win, it's a close game and they can win. But I think it's coming off of that Detroit game and the defense being as concerning as it was. And what if the Vikings get into a spot where, like you know, the Eagles have to pass a lot, I, and they might have to because it's going to be a high volume passing attack from them with Justin Jefferson. So. I think it'll be close, but I, I'm leaning Vikings early in the week here. I'm easily taking the Vikings, but you're saying you're taking, you're at least taking the Vikings with the points. I am definitely, even if I, because it's early in the week and I like to, I like to see the injury report. It's hard to make a pick. Uh, you, know, you like, like, you like to flip flop. You can say it. 
I like to see the injury report. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, like the Lions were suddenly missing their starting two right guards last week, and then their center was hurt too. And once that happened, I'm like, oh, okay, I feel good about the Eagles winning now. Um, although I did take Detroit to cover. Uh, I am going to take – I feel very confident in this is going to be a close game. So I like the points from the Vikings, but uh, um, I'm leaning towards them to win. Again, this is per our friends at DraftKings. Um, they have the third highest over-under um, overall on week two. The highest, no surprise, belongs to the Thursday night game between the Chargers and Chiefs at 54 and a half. Um, do you have any guess – at who I don't know if you have all the games in front of you, but who give me a team who's involved in the second highest because Eagles Vikings is third. I don't. What's the question? Which so um, the highest over under in week two belongs to Chargers oh. Chiefs. The third highest belongs to um, Eagles Vikings. I know you don't have the entire schedule in front of you, but give me one of the two teams involved in the Chiefs. second highest. Chargers Chiefs is number one, so it's not Chiefs. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't um, I'm not looking at the games. <laughs> I know. I literally, I literally said all of this information out loud. So the Chargers and Chiefs Thursday night have the highest over under as of now at fifty four and a half. The Eagles and Vikings game is third I'm at fifty one and a half. Yeah, you're looking. You're looking to tell me one team involved in number two. One team involved in number two. I'm glancing at the schedule here. Okay, it's, now you can tell me the games since you're looking at the schedule. So is it the man, this is tough. I don't see an obvious jump out contender. Highest over under Chiefs Chargers, third highest Eagles Vikings. Which game is number two on this list? Is it you, the, the, the fact that you were so unsure gave listeners a good amount of time to look up the schedule themselves? Is it the Ravens Dolphins? It is not. You want is one it more guess? Titans Bills. It is not. It is um, Titans Bills is actually a little bit lower. Uh, it's 49 and a half. It is Raiders Cardinals at 52. What? Why? Who cares? I mean, I'm just telling you. Why did you bring this up? Why was this was this worth um, it? Here, I want to do this with you real quick since we kind of went through the Cowboys schedule. Let's say the Eagles and take a brief note to say that we have the, the Giants being first in the NFC East undefeated after week two. How about that? Uh, well, I have the Giants and Commanders tied okay, at two and a half. To be very I clear. have the Giants alone. Again, apparently we don't talk about the Giants. I only have them being undefeated and top it's going to be a good good week at big blue view shout out to our friend at valentine so whatever what do what you want to do let's say the eagles beat the vikings for the sake of this activity they're two and okay. when does their first loss come i will read you this um schedule. i will read you the schedule week three at commanders Get i'm looking at the game. schedule it's not there i know the answer but goes to the schedule you have the commanders going three you know no so that is so eagles are three no keep i know the answer but keep going okay week four home dougie p in the jacks no four and these are four no all right at the Cardinals. Fraudinals, 5-0. You're starting the season 5-0. and You already took them to lose to the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in Philly. So they're, what, 6-0? and Yep. And then and on the bye. And then it's, it's The sad. Steelers, who the, never the win. Eagles match up. Oh. No, because the, the Eagles will be undefeated on the bye. It'll be a, a two-week-long party for Eagles fans. You know, and there'll be all sorts of, like, I don't know if you have family who's Steelers fans. I'm sure that exists a lot, like lots of Eagles Steelers My crossover. Dad's family like came from Western PA, so I think mm. they're kind of Steelers fans. Like the, okay, the, so like, like there there will be a lot of like cross pollination people hanging out, doing stuff, seeing each other, making trips, whatever. It happens there. Mike Tomlin, he's the one who who never stops lose. the Eagles. Never lose to the Steelers. I know, but Mike Tomlin, I, like if there's somebody like we talk about benefits of the dad a lot. Like if there's somebody, if there's somebody who you're like, he'll find a way. It's Mike Tomlin. I agree with the premise, but um, but you know, like that is a very winnable game for the Eagles still. 
I will uh, say though, like, but looking after that, um, but then it's the Texans, and then it's the Commanders right. again, and then it's the Colts, and then it's the and Packers who aren't looking after right now. Get, I, I, like I said, they're gonna, they're gonna host the NFC Championship game and lose the Titans, to the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Giants. Like, who is, who should the Eagles be scared of on that schedule? The Packers, if they get their stuff together, okay. Who else? Anyone? I mean, anyone? No. Like, I mean, again, like if, if you're like, but like. This is an NFC team, so like, who cares? Okay, but if you're chicken little, right? Like, if you're scared of everything, these are the answers as, as far as like what what like potholes to be weary of. The Jaguars, because it's Doug Peterson, right? Like, again, if you're if you're super Eeyore about this, the Jaguars. I think you have to be worried about the second Cowboys game because you don't know like what Dak's going to be, whatever. Uh, the Steelers, no. right? The Steelers. I would, and th- I I say this like again, hear me out. The Texans because it's short week Thursday night football on the road. Okay. Like, it, it's more about the circumstances than it is the team. Could be a letdown game, especially right. If the Steelers, right? Um, maybe, maybe the Titans. I mean, maybe and maybe the Saints. Um, in the penultimate week of the regular season. But other than that, like I don't Saints see almost lost to the Falcons. They're down sixteen points. I said maybe again. Like if we're playing Chicken Little, no, you're like, what? Are you, what are you really scared of? Those are the only ones. On you there. I'm just saying, like the Eagles have the Saints first round pick, as you know, and right. that was looking dicey. Let me rephrase this. Um, rephrase your question. The, and keep in mind the Eagles are favored over the Vikings. Who are they going to be underdogs against? And I'll read you. I'll read the schedule out loud for the sake of the listeners because I know you know it. But at, at, so yes or no are the Eagles favorites is the question. Yes or no at Washington week three. If Washington wins this week and the Eagles lose, then no the Washington could be favored. I mean, some of that depends on the way like Washington and Philly both play. But you're right. But still, okay, Jacksonville. Although- like if you want to talk about actually favored, because if Washington's favored by like one point at home, then they're not truly favored. You know what I mean? Like fine. Factor in the home field three points. So yeah. like so Washington, no. Jacksonville, no. At Arizona, no. Maybe. Maybe. Like maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. But um, the Cardinals have to play a lot better. Right. Dallas, uh, the first game, no. Pittsburgh, Eagles are not no. going to be underdogs. No. Um at Houston, no. no. Washington, no. At Indy, maybe if the Colts get around, but they won't. Um, Green Bay, maybe. Packers like that's possibly, that, that's yeah. probably the biggest one. That's a Sunday night game, by the way. Tennessee, no. no. At the Giants, at the Bears, no. at the Cowboys, maybe no. if the Cowboys catch. No, but that's we're, oh, yeah. we're talking maybe. It's like that. That's the only one. And then uh, finishing the season, um, definitely I lost not the it. Saints. No. Yeah, not the Saints. You're talking maybe three, maybe three times the rest of the season. The Eagles will be dogs. So I keep keep the mask in the closet. You won't have the chance to wear it a lot this season and enjoy the ride and get ready to lose to Kirk Cousins in the NFC Championship game. All right. Uh, we did it all. We said it all. We had a good time. Football is pain. Thank God I have the Houston Astros uh, to keep me through. Um, I want to play this for you. So uh, real life NFC East Mixed Tape slash look ahead conversation happened last night with my friend Holden and Zach. Uh, so have you ever heard of an app rj called cappuccino i have not okay so you might you might like this so it's basically this app and they're not a sponsor but i like this app uh where shout out to my friend abby who discovered this and basically what you do is you submit a little podcast up to a little clip of your own you can talk about how your day went or like ask your friends a question whatever it sounds like an ad but it's not okay it's up to three minutes you don't have to do it like you don't have to go to the three minutes but that's the max time and you all submit it as a group. And then those are your beans for the parlance here. And the next morning, or you can set whenever time it comes out, it comes out basically as one podcast. Like the, all the clips play together one after the other. 
So it's a nice way to stay in touch with your friends is the point of it all. Okay. Um, we have this. And this was Holden's bean for today. Let me see if I can get this going here. Can you hear this? Yeah. <laughs> Zach goes, do you think RJ really likes you? Brady goes, yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> I stand by it. Like, is the thing you're bragging about that I like you? Yeah. You like, like, we're friends. Yeah, we're really good friends. Of course I like you. Like, do you think he actually, yeah, likes you? I'm like, yeah. Who doesn't? Well, we're, I, I mean, I can think of a lot of people. I, I can definitely think of a lot of people who don't. <laughs> but, Especially uh, after my Jalen Hurts wasn't impressive to me as he was to others take from week one. Yeah. I mean, you know. I don't even, I'm not going to – man, the comment section in that Winners Losers article I do because I put Jalen Hurts – I had the audacity – Arte to put Hertz in the I don't know section as opposed this to is, did, you, did they not win the game? Did they not win? And that's what you they won. What more? Brandon just hates the Eagles could win the Super Bowl like they did five years ago. Brandon would find a problem with it. That is funny you bring that up because I was not the biggest Nick Foles guy, and which I was somehow simultaneously both very right and very wrong about. So maybe I'll be that way with Jalen Hurts too. Maybe I'll be right in that like. He isn't the guy to he isn't the guy to stir. He's not the straw to stir the drink, but somehow they end up winning anyway. Again, yes. the most of course possible thing that could happen here this season. The only way I can have any joy is if Kirk Cousins beats the Eagles in the NFC Championship game by throwing a last second touchdown to Jalen Rager. Mm. It would be just wonderful. It's the only thing that could salvage the 2022 season for you. It it would be incredible. Realistically. Um okay, Brandon. All right. Let's get out of here. As we do, do me a favor and tell us your favorite thing to dip into ketchup. I don't like ketchup, so that ain't nothing. Okay, dip, dip into honey mustard. I so I'm not the biggest mustard guy, but a money money mustard, honey mustard is uh, okay. Um, it's, not, it's definitely not a go to, but I would you know I would do like right now, honestly, that you brought that up. I kind of want to go to McDonald's now and get some nugs. I'm not like the biggest nugs guy. It's not something that I do a lot, but because you brought that up, I kind of want to go to McDonald's, get some get nugs. Get you a 20 piece. Also not a sponsor, but if they want yeah. to sponsor us, they can. I will say I haven't had a burger from McDonald's in probably like 20 years, but I get, you know. What would you get there? I got a 20 piece. Get a 20 piece, a french fries, and sweet. I don't know. I don't get a burger. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm saying. We're going to, I'm asking you, what would you get? Like, would you get the Big Mac? Would you get the Quarter Pounder? I wouldn't. I don't want a burger from McDonald's. If you had to get a burger. Why would I have to? What is the situation? What are the circumstances in my life that have led to this being something I have to do? Here's a little McDonald's hack that the aforementioned Holden uh, showed me recently. So you get a McGriddle, but you do chicken instead of, Mm. um, I don't know, what's usually on a McGriddle, like sausage or whatever, bacon. So you get the chicken, you get a side of their grape jelly, and you put the jelly onto the chicken McGriddle and... Next awful. level hot sauce packet. Put that on there too. Boom. Have you have you watched this is the last thing we'll say? Uh, I will leave after you're done. Have you have you watched ever watched Mick? I think it's called Mick Millions on HBO. No. It's a I reckon I recommended this to stats, by the way. Whoever can hear with us on the look ahead on the explanation and like Ray Kroc or whatever and everything. No, it's um it's about the um the monopoly game at, oh. at, at McDonald's and the like huge like mafia like scheme that ran it. Uh, basically it is it's like six episodes uh my wife and i watched it right at the beginning of the pandemic it is incredible if you got hbo max pull it up make millions thank me later also not a sponsor last thing 
I had to, I feel like we had to address this because I wanted to get your thoughts on it right now oh, for the uh, video okay. listeners. I'm showing everyone. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Brandon Gowton. Only plugging yourself. Interesting. Okay. Breakfast sandwich that I made, RJ. Doesn't that look good? This is the first breakfast sandwich I've ever made here. It looked burnt. That was why. It was not I, burnt I, at all. It looked that you, way. You liked on it. I know. You I'm your I'm your friend. I will like your things and support you and help you in the it's Instagram algorithm. But like I I didn't I you know. Do you do you do you really laugh every time you say LOL? Every time. No, it was not burnt at all. What are you talking about? It's it was a great breakfast sandwich. It's uh bacon, which do you know how to cook do you, what's your bacon cooking method? Oven. I agree if you're getting a lot, but I do the water in the pan thing now. You put just enough water mm. to cover the bacon. No, trust me, it works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. It cooks. It does not get too burnt and it there's none no part of it that is Nobody like still asked for raw. This. Okay. Do it that way. Bacon, uh, egg, cheese, and then two hash browns on a pretzel, on a Wawa pretzel specifically. Cut a Wawa pretzel in half. Boom. It was great. Um, okay. Ever- this is the appropriate thing uh, to end on. Uh, Danny Heifetz, who does a great job at the ringer, uh, tweeted. I hadn't seen this. I-, I did not watch the Manning cast. Admittedly, I'm on the night football. I watched. I wanted to see Joe and Troy. Um, so I haven't seen the Manning cast. So if anybody else did, I apologize. You didn't watch it, I presume. Right, Brandon? Sure. Okay, this is the last thing. And after I read this to you, I want you to give me just two words to respond to it. Eli Manning told a story on the Manning cast about him and Saquon Barkley. Eli told Saquon to run one route. Saquon thought he should run another. Eli responded, if I tell you tomorrow is Easter, go paint some eggs. Cowboys last. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.